Mana 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 this is Social Discasting. Welcome to Social Discasting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is a solvent wordsmith. He loves children's programs, season one of some TV shows, maybe season three, TBD. Please welcome Molly. Welcome. Hey! Hi, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> So real and organic. Hi. Oh my god, I've been introduced. We're on a talk show. Hi. This is the closest I've ever been to being on a talk show and probably the closest I'll ever be to being on Oprah, which used to be my dream. Really? I was like a 12-year-old. I was pretty sure it was going to happen. <laughs> Did you shift to then trying to be like published in O Magazine, which is officially just online only as of <laughs> last week? Oh my god, is it really? Uh, yeah, they Oprah. just shifted. She understands. But no, it was more of like a 12-year-old dream that shifted. It was one of those classic Sagittarius plans that was like dot, 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 and then they'll see. (laughs) Oh, really? That's that's all I had. Oh, is that a classic Sag? Oh, classic Sagittarius. Do you believe in astrology? And that exists? Yes, I do. But (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think it does, for better or worse, it used to really annoy me because I'm like, no, I'm an individual. Mm -hmm. And uh, it ends up, no, I'm not at all. Well, everyone's an individual, which means... Nobody's an individual. Oh, God. Oh, what a oh tangle web we weave. <laughs> but I'm a, I've, as I facetiously say, I'm a classic cusp. Uh. Yeah, I'm on the Gemini Cancer cusp. <gasps> you have so many feelings. Yeah. Aww. I am. I'm complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's a little too much for me to handle as a Sagittarius, honestly. I'm going to observe you from afar and ask you oh, a lot cool. of questions about how you feel, and then we're going to process it together intellectually yeah. because that's where I'm comfortable. Oh, good. Well, this is going to make for interesting listening. Oh, yeah. As, well, already, <laughs> as we're three minutes in, you've already backed away, which is fair. I mean, that feels like it's a new record for me, if anything. <laughs> so, you know, let's start it off with the... Uh, the one question I have really, how are you? How am I? Oh gosh, I feel like I practiced this a bunch today, but <laughs> I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I am at my parents' house and I am living in a guest room right now. That's by choice. I do own my own home in a different state. So you went to North Carolina? I did. I I took my sister. I kidnapped her from Austin where she lives and we decided that we were tired of not seeing or touching other people. Mm-hmm. And we drove up to North Carolina with my dog in the back and we are visiting my parents. Yeah. And it's been really nice. It's been like 3 weeks and I'm not tired of it yet and that's like a weird family record like yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Well, considered the weird times in which we live, yeah, I'm sure that's been like, you know, it's like you, it's recharging your soul on some level to it be really in contact is. with family and people in general, but especially family, I would think. Yeah, normally I would think that was really corny, but it's actually super true. I do feel very, oh, gross. All I could think to say was hashtag blessed and I'm not into that, but I just, <laughs> I'm really, like, I really, I really like being here and, yeah. and I like connecting with other people and I think... God, I hate I hate the weird positivity that people try to put out around what's happening right now because I think it invalidates a lot of really normal feelings of grief and freaking out and yeah. anger and just just like <laughs> what the fuck is happening. But at the same time, there have been some silver linings and one of them is like I get to spend 3 weeks up here. Like I work completely remotely and that is super normal right now and I'm hanging out with my sister and my family in a way that I only get to do at Christmas usually. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird 
every other day is fine, right? And no yeah. one's no one's fine day is the same as yours. It certainly seems to be the case. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, well, I guess it's not funny, but like a couple of days ago, like last couple of days, just been like feeling it, where you mm-hmm. know, just not great. And I know that just happens, but it's that weird thing too, where once it starts, a part of me is just, and that's part of just depression and anxiety of like. Is this just how it is now? Yeah. No. And, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, is this just this emotional well that I'm just part of now? Is this this what yeah. it is? Yeah. And, you're like, you you're know, like biting your knees in the shower, sitting yeah. on the floor, looking at the mold in the corner and being like, this is me now. Yeah. Well, oh, I forgot how, how descriptive I was about what happened. Yeah. No, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Sorry. I didn't mean to share your secrets. Oh, I feel seen. But is that fear? It's like you intellectually, I know this will end. Mm-hmm. But then you're also just like, what, what, what if it doesn't? Right. And so here's my deepest fear that I'm going to share with you and I guess your listeners. And it goes like this <laughs> is we have the coronavirus. Everybody, everybody gets it. Everybody, the people who are going to survive, survive. And hopefully that's like 90% of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be me. I have asthma, so I'm definitely going to die. But you guys will carry on. And then... Then two, three years from now, because a virus lives forever in your body, all of a sudden it kind of like activates and then like more than half the world just drops dead around us because it's been slowly melting your insides for all that time. It's very sci-fi and very dystopian, but I just, that's kind of my thing is like, it has so many like weird lasting side effects that are just now popping up. And as much as it feels like it's been fucking forever and you don't remember what you were like before this, it has only been like, oh shit, five months? Has it been five months now? It's only been five months. Yeah. That's the blink of an eye in like the span of history. Oh, it's nothing. Yeah. It's absolutely nothing. We have no idea what's going on. <laughs> at all. No, at all. Yeah. I will say that if I do get it, oh, I'm toast too. Like, no question. Like I use yeah. a quarter of my lungs. I'm done. Yeah. So so that's fun. Yeah, super fun, right? So it's funny because I talked to my friends who – so I, th- I feel like coronavirus is this weird social experiment in, like, consent where we're all learning, like, is it okay if I don't wear a mask around you? Is it okay if I hug you? Is it mm. okay, like, where have you been? And you have to ask these really uncomfortable questions of people that – you know really well, but you don't normally have to ask, like, who have you been seeing, you know? It's like yeah. this weird, like, pre-sex conversation where you're like, <laughs> so you've been hanging out with, and did you use protection, and can we still be friends? But, oh, my God, I don't know. It's weird because I talk to my friends who go places and do things still, like, with masks on, and they're still pretty safe. I run with a pretty okay crowd. But I can't even, like, go to the lake with the three people that I know are safe in a pod because lungs, right? Yeah. Like, lung, no. lung, lung friends, you get it. But it's Not just, the same, yeah. If I go on a ventilator, they will collapse and I will die. <laughs> yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it's that thing where if I were around people, I would be consumed by paranoia. Oh my god, I, I'm at the I'm consumed by paranoia when I go to the grocery store. I mostly do click list because that's free and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, plus it keeps me from buying terrible things that I would buy to eat during a pandemic like Oreos. But the point is is that I went to Sam's and it was terrifying. Yeah. Just thinking about that just gives me anxiety. The idea of Don't do it. No. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need 
You know what's sad is I was about to think of just something in bulk and I couldn't come up with anything. For right. some reason, I was thinking cheese balls and I don't even know why exactly. Olive oil. You would be shocked. The barrels of olive oil that roll down the aisles at Sam's Club. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like it's 21st century Donkey Kong. Right? You can hear the sound in your head. I was about to say it's like this weird like glug glug with the like chink <laughs> kind of noise. You know. You know. It's Donkey Kong meets olive oil. Yeah. It's glug glug as you put it. I know there's an there's like a there's a rule thirty four about that somewhere. Yeah, that's a terrible Law and Order impression. Dong. Glug glug. SVU though. Yeah. Okay. It's the cool. olive oil. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just as the theme song of Law and Order goes. Glug glug. <laughs> so, how was going on a road trip during a pandemic? Okay. Yeah. So when I went to pick up my sister in Austin. They have this thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Bucky's. <laughs> no. Okay, so it is the ultimate gas station. It is a gas station that has an actual company culture that they follow. Like, really? Yeah, there's like good branding, there's signs, like all their billboards are super clever. And when you get there, it is clean. It is so sparkly clean. That's one of their things. And it's great. So it's like the Chick-fil-A of... Exactly. So yeah, the Chick-fil-A of gas stations. Yeah, or like the Whole Foods as opposed to like the Kroger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a good gas station. And we went there thinking it'll be clean. People will be wearing masks. And they were. But it was fucking packed. And it was just super weird to walk into a gas station and think to myself, is this how I'm going to die? Is gas station what's going to get me? And it's like, I have, I had like a confrontation with my mortality a long time ago, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think actually later than most people, I was 21 years old, but I do, like, I accept it's going to happen. I have my own beliefs about it. But it's it's my new rules, my, not rules, my new rules about coronavirus are very much, would you be embarrassed if this is how you died? And that's how I decide whether or not I'm going to do things. And it's like, would I be embarrassed because I was at the grocery store? No, I had to do that. Would I be embarrassed because I was trying on clothes in an H&M? Yes, that's embarrassing. That's not how you want to die. <laughs> like, don't, just don't go. How'd she get Corona. She went to Dave and Buster's. Oh my god, that bitch. Exactly. You don't want to be that bitch. That doesn't need to be on your headstone. So that's how that's how I make my decisions now. Whereas before, in classic Sagittarius fashion, to come full circle, it was very much a fly by the seat of your pants, do whatever you want. I feel like it has kind of changed my personality some. Mm-hmm. But as far as the road trip goes, which I think that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the weirdest experience was stopping at the gas stations and they were already dirty. Like you already wanted to use hand sanitizer when you came out after you were on a road trip. But just gazing upon humanity at its finest, just at its most raw. These are the people of the road. These are the people who are on their way to somewhere else. So they do not give a fuck. And you're part of them and you're wearing a fucking ventilator mask and thinking to yourself, I really hope this isn't what kills me. It's a pandemic caravan. Yeah, but it hasn't like, is it true for you also, like, has it made you a little bit numb to danger almost at some point because we've been doing it for so long where it's like, I'm still going to wear the mask, but I'm going to get back in the car and I'm going to laugh about it instead of crying, which is what might have happened several months ago. First of all, fair enough. Also, yeah, it's a weird thing because like there's nothing there's nothing tangible about COVID. 
<laughs> it's not something you can taste, touch, and feel. Mm-hmm. And I've said this a lot, but I'll say it again because it gives a shit. It's like we're in the movie Jaws, but we never see the shark. Yeah. And so it's just this phantom just hanging over the proceedings. Yeah. And the only way, unfortunately, like to really, for e- even the most fucking ignorant people, the only way it's real for people is if they're affected. Yes, always. And whether that means them directly or just somebody that they care about enough to give a shit. Yeah. But that's when this happens. And I know people who, friends of mine haven't gotten it, but I know their friends, like mm-hmm. my friend Shorty, her mom and sister just got over it. Oh, gosh. I'm and they had all the okay. classic symptoms, and thankfully they're they're good now, and, and they're coming down from it, but they're lucky. Yeah. You know? So it's just a, a really scary thing. And yeah, to your point, it's a thing where, like, again, intellectually, I know this shit's frightening, but it's also, I feel so numb toward it. Right. So that's that's like a weird thing in psychology, too, is you can only feel fear for so long before you start to just you're bored. Right. Yeah. So it's like if you get thrown in a jail cell and you're left there for three years, just like several days and your brain goes, OK, this is our life now. And you super adapt to it. And it's like, yeah, you can still feel like fear when things happen. But it is there's like this warm, fuzzy blanket of just straight up denial that your brain gives you that's like, nah, we're good. Yeah, it's like even if you tense your muscles up for long enough, eventually you'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. And to your point about, you know, until it happens to you, I had this conversation with a friend the other day. I'm a, I'm a queer person, and we were likening it and talking about how it reminds us when we're talking to our parents specifically, especially because uh, her parents don't really believe in the mask thing. They're like, we'll be fine. It's a hoax. The government's just trying to kill us off or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, it's kind of like I had to try to talk them down and say, hey, um, remember how you super hated gay people? And then I came out to you and you were like, oh, crap. Oh, no, but we love you. Hmm. And they had to like really do some inner searching and thinking and flip that around because all of a sudden it affected them and their child and something that they loved and i don't know it's a weird comparison to make but it's similar in a lot of ways some people yet to really go down deep to unlock the empathy right i hate that that's the truth i hate that we can't feel bad for that guy that we see on tv but it's like everything is more real when it happens to you it is, yeah, and and I get that, and but I'd say that as somebody who consciously try to practice empathy, even if I hate somebody, I still want to just understand yeah. on some level, even if I, it's not if I don't understand where they're coming from or necessarily like subscribe to it, I still and again we talked about this off in life about just analyzing people and using that I have just enough psychology just probably to be dangerous, I guess, but yeah. I have psychological knowledge where I'm just like, how did this person get to this place? Yeah. No, and I 100%. think about stuff like that a lot. Yeah, my favorite thing about people is to remember what I learned back when I was in college getting my degree in writing, which my father very rightly called getting a degree in unemployment. Journalism degree over here. Ayo! Uh, creative <laughs> writing, got your beat. Um, <laughs> like one of the things they always say is like everyone is the hero of their own story, right? Like yeah. you, you are your protagonist and you will only ever be able to see things from your very own perspective. That's the curse and the beauty of being alive. But I love this concept of we are the hero of our own stories so deeply and we are so entrenched in this mantra that we walk through life blindly. But you can flip that narrative and you can say, how can I look at other people and assume what their story is? And I like to pass the time every day. Every time I see somebody not wearing a fucking mask, which just 
deep down inside does something dark to me. I'm just like, hmm. Oh, no, it unlocks a rage in me. Right? I didn't think of myself as an angry person until this. I really didn't. Yeah, for me, 99% of the time, pretty easy going. Just like, yeah, okay. Of that towards things. But there are certain things that are just shortcuts to fucking pissing me off. And the mask thing is quickly going up the ladder it's for so me. Up there. I will never forget how y'all acted in the grocery store. <laughs> like, <laughs> never. And I will never forgive you. I see you, person who I will never see again. But just know that I know, and you know I know, and etc. Exactly. And I hate you. Um, so strong. <laughs> Which is the exact opposite of what I was trying to say before. <laughs> and I hate you. Which Back is, to my opposite of this point. Exactly. It's where you try to flip the narrative and you say like... What must this person be feeling? What must they be like? It's fucking fascinating to think about. I think it's the only way I can get past my anger and my rage. And it's the way that I deal with all of my emotional problems is to is to look at the other person and say, what makes you feel this way? What made yeah. you this way? What motivates you? And if I can figure out why, I can then absolve myself of anything having to do with the situation, basically. Well, no, I'm, but I know exactly what you mean. And I know just saying that because I'm like, same. Mm. But yeah, I do that because then it's just like it's um I don't know, it's I kind of um in my head just think about just things as puzzles. That's kinda mm-hmm. how I, my brain works. And yeah. I think about oh, what makes this person or what and, and both and basically all I'm saying is what what is the conclusion I can draw about this person that I agree with and then mm-hmm. I feel good enough to then be like, Oh, okay, well that makes sense and then move on. Yeah. Exactly. Or not what you can agree with, but what can you understand? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, well, yes. But I guess it's that I'm agreeing upon that being correct enough to move on. Dude, it's like I, I'm fascinated with those serial killer shows. And it's like, I don't agree with what's happening, but if I can understand what's <laughs> happening, it is yeah. somehow less disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not like, uh, oh, Ted Bundy, he had some points. <laughs> like, n- n- no. But I do watch them in a in a weirdly like clinical way of like, how the fuck did he become that? And that I'm fascinated by. You need to change your nomenclature structure. And it needs this title of this needs to be Ted Bundy had some points. <laughs> Ted Bundy dot dot dot. He had some points. Exclamation point. <laughs> he knew what was up. But just the fascination of like, uh, what happened to create that? Yeah. That I'm fascinated by. I find regardless of, of how that manifests itself or what they did, just complicated things like that are... I find endlessly fascinating. Oh, the unknowable motivations of people like plumbing the depths of the human psyche. That's that's why we invented psychology is because some dude was like, I got to know why. I just got to <laughs> know. Oh, please, please. Just why are you this way? I simply must create a new box to then put this person in. It's like they didn't have memes with side eye back then, but oh, just why? Ah. <laughs> uh. The psychologist walked so the meme people can run. Oh, no. I almost said memesters is the worst part. Memesters. Is that a thing or did you make it up? What, memesters? I am not connected to social media and I'm a, I'm a bad millennial. I mean, the me- that's not a thing as far as I know, memesters. Memesters. It should be. It is now. It's like teamsters. They come and like knock out your kneecaps if you don't yeah. give them the correct uh, acclimation when you put them up. Uh, then I'll create an alternative history where Jimmy Hoffa was an influencer. <laughs> Do a drunk history on Jimmy Hoffa, the influencer. Oh, wow. That would be fascinating. I just said that would be fascinating, and I just shook my head no, as if I didn't say that. <laughs> That'd be fascinating. What? 
Solid. You are in <laughs> such deep denial. See, this is, I feel like this is proof that we talk to ourselves too much now. I talk yeah. to my cats. I talk to my dog. I talk to my plants. I talk to the food that I'm making. I what do you say to the food? What do I say? Oh, I'm like, God, you're doing such a good job, baby. You look so good. Let me, oh, you know, shh, shh, shh. let me just give you some garlic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, now you're happier. Yeah. This, it kind of goes like that. And then you're making pasta and you're like, glug, glug, as you're putting the <laughs> olive oil in it and you're watching Law and Order in the background. Always Law and Order is in the background. It's definitely SVU, but it's always playing. And every once in a while, right before I fall asleep, I hear, kung kung. It's like, did you ever play Candy Crush uh, when yeah. it first came out? And everybody gets addicted for like the first 20 minutes and, or 12 days or nine weeks in my case, but whatever. And you play... And then you fall asleep and you, like, see the fucking matches in your mind as you fall asleep. I did that. Uh, I also did the, because I I really like, like, word games, especially, like, word jumble type stuff and love those. And uh, I did that where one of the, those type of puzzle games, when it first came out, it was a popular one. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, you're just rearranging the letters in your head to spell different things. And I was just so into it. When I was driving, I would, like, see signs and then think of all of the, like, Oh, Pulaski County or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then think of all the things you could spell with those letters. Oh, dude, that's amazing. I feel like that's helpful, though. I feel like that's like a self-soothing technique. That's something that you can do to, like, distract yourself and think about. I do oh, that yeah, with I think spelling. it was healthy, but it, not in that it was probably me just obsessing over a, an app on my phone. Oh, 100%. But, it, was both. But it, as, was, it was both and all of the things. Yeah. No, as, as like, you're being kind of, like, uh, you know, helping with mental dexterity, I bet it was probably good. Oh, definitely. Well, it's like uh, when I was a kid, it's definitely better than the first time I ever fell asleep at night and was like, what the fuck was when I was like nine years old because I was obsessed with my Game Boy Color and I would just play original Mario Bros all the way through on my purple Game Boy. And I'd fall asleep at night and I'd hear, it's a theme song for this show. Oh my god, it is. It's actually <laughs> that might be why I was thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. What? Okay, what other cartoons do you like? Because before this, we talked about. Oh my god. You mentioned Steven Universe. Oh my you god. mentioned the Troll Show. Oh my god. It's Troll Hunters. Don't be rude. Sorry, that did feel dismissive. It did. Um, I love anything new and different and surprising. As a writer and. My mom says since I'm four, but I'm going to say since I was 12. Mm-hmm. Really, as a writer, I really appreciate storytelling in any way that a story can be told to me in a different way. Mm-hmm. Because it is true that there is nothing new under the sun. Like, there, all the stories have been told. You just have to find new ways to tell them. I love Steven Universe. That is an adorable, surprising, kind show. I love The Troll Hunters is new. Just now getting into it, but super adore it. I loved She-Ra. <laughs> was i've heard it's good the best oh my god brandon you have to watch it yeah, i know you don't want to but you have to do it it's so good oh it yeah is, well, it is, it's clearly feminist it. art it's so good i've heard the harley quinn show is very very good oh my god yes and actually i know a lot of people gave it shit i loved birds of prey i loved that that's not animated i just want to give it a shout out i liked it it was good it was done by a female director and you can fucking tell when you watch it it made me feel the way that wonder woman made me feel where there's certain points in the movie you don't know why but you feel like you're gonna burst into tears as a woman because you're like oh representation is important like it's just 
being viewed in the way that you view yourself and your friends and the world around you. Anyway, but back to cartoons. Yeah, I like a lot of them. <laughs> Tuca and Birdie. That's not really for children, but it's fantastic. Ours is really good, too. I need to watch that. Yes, that I highly recommend. And they just picked it up for a new season, which I'm pumped about. Yeah, after a lot of people being pissed off that it was being canceled. Yeah, Kibo was cute, too. That was good. I think I like the new gen of cartoons because they're very thoughtful and kind. And Mm -hmm. even when it's really transparent that they're trying to teach a moral lesson, it's not just don't steal, don't lie. It's this is how we talk to our friends. And this is how we accept queer people. And this is how we talk to our parents about things that we're nervous about. And I don't know, I just really appreciate that grown-ups are doing that for the next generation. And I also think that a huge part of it is I feel like you and me are in the same generational range. Like you're mm-hmm. right you're like what right above a millennial or at millennial status. I'm at the the Just like your sign, you're on the cusp. Oh yeah, I'm a double cusp. <laughs> <laughs> cusp on cusp on cusp. Ah, um, just layers of cusp. <laughs> gross. That's so I know it's really gross. Oh though. god. Uh but you're you're on the cusp double. Yeah. And I feel like we're in that same range where we grew up on cartoons in a way that nobody before us did, right? Mm. Like, our parents, they had cartoons, but not like we did. They didn't grow up on these, like, it wasn't just Saturday morning cartoons. It was, we're telling a story, right? And you're following it because you love it. And I feel like we've brought that with us into college with Adventure Time and then into our adulthood with things like Steven Universe, things that are created to be children appropriate, but that are meant for adults. And I just really love that format. I think that's a great point. Uh, Yeah, we may be the first generation where they really started to make it more of a creative art form. Right. And I think that that allowed us to acknowledge that it is a really impressive art form. And there's a lot of things you can do with animation that you can't do in real life. There's this show called Close Enough, and it mm-hmm. is definitely for adults. It's on HBO Max, and it's about it's about these 32-year-old parents who have a five-year-old child, and they're just like normal, useless humans trying really hard to raise a five-year-old child. And it's goofy, and it's short, and it's trippy as fuck, but it, it's definitely worth watching because, again, it has all these like really well-thought-out life lessons couched in like this insane animation style. Okay, I need to watch that then. Yeah, I highly recommend it. 